Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. Welcome to episode nine of the Pooch Parenting Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to hear two questions from listeners, both of whom called in and record their question on speakpipe.com slash poochparenting and left it as a voicemail. So if you have any questions and you would like me to answer in a future episode, please do so by going to, again, www.speakpipe.com slash poochparenting and ask away. In our first question today, my old friend from third grade gave me a call to ask about her kids walking the neighbor's dog. And in the second question today, a former client of mine had a young puppy who is now nearing 100 pounds, who is proving to be a little unruly on leash, and he wants to know how to handle that. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Michelle. This is Karen, your friend in Santa Barbara. My kids are helping an older neighbor walk her dog. It's a one-year-old little dachshund, very sweet and cute, also can be mischievous. I'm wondering on how to teach a dog to walk on a leash with you and tips for the dog walkers too. Um, I think that's it. Thank you. Bye. This is a really great question, Karen. I do want to pose a caveat. Um, Karen's kids are of the ages where they are becoming more and more responsible. She has a nine-year-old son and a young teen daughter. And so together, they can probably be a good, safe dog walking team. But if her son were to walk the dog alone, that would make me pretty uncomfortable just because developmentally, he's not super capable of making Great decisions, especially if the dog for some reason decided to bolt into the street to chase something. Now, of course, a dachshund versus a, you know, normal size nine-year-old boy, um, you know, the dog may not make too much progress on moving him into the street. But I do want to say that, you know, if your child is probably under the age of 12 or 13 years old, I would encourage an adult to be present while they were walking the dog, um, you know, for your neighbor. Um, In the meantime, though, there are some fun games that the kids can play. Um, Obviously, the dog needs to be on a secure harness, ideally, so that it can't slip out. Dachshunds are wily little buggers, and they can slip out of a lot of um, collars, and to protect its trachea and stuff, a harness is a great choice for security and for the comfort of the dog. And then I would encourage the kids to bring really delicious treats with them when they walk the dog. So they may want to discover what that looks like before they actually go on dog walks, um, try some different treats, get permission from the owner to give the dog different kinds of foods in advance, just in case we encounter any kind of gastrointestinal upset, because that's hard to put on someone who isn't expecting it. Um, 
And then, you know, use the treats as a way of keeping the dog's attention on them, keeping the dog's body near their body. Um, Those are some fun things to do. Another thing that they can do as well is play some attention games with the dog while they're inside the house where there are fewer distractions. Because once they get outside, they're battling squirrels and leaves blowing in the wind and maybe the dog might be fearful of a motorcycle or somebody going by on a skateboard. So um, it's really hard when the dogs are more distracted out in the wild than they are in the house. And so they can play some games inside so strengthen their relationship so the dog is more inclined to listen to them when they are outside on these kinds of adventures. But tossing treats and getting the dog's attention on them tends to work really well. If the dog isn't very food motivated, the dog may have a favorite toy, in which case they can bring that toy and squeak it every once in a while to help the dog pay attention to them. I would suggest if they see any giant dogs approaching who they may or may not trust, Regardless, I think it's probably good for them to change directions, pull a U-turn. I often encourage people with small dogs to sometimes hide behind bushes or trees or even parked cars just to be sure that we keep everybody safe because not everybody else is going to be very responsible. And since your kids are in charge of your neighbor's dog, we need to make sure they do a good job keeping the pup safe. I hope you found this useful. Hello, Michelle, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I have a question about walking a dog on a leash and trying to rectify the issue of my dog pooling me as he moves in the direction of becoming 100 pounds. Uh, it'd be great if he decided to walk with me <laughs> or behind me uh, if he was on a leash. Thanks. Hey Ryan, the opening of your question made me laugh so hard. Long time listener, first time caller. I love that. I've always wanted to say that on a radio show. Anyway, it's great to hear from you again. I can't believe the puppy is already almost 100 pounds and I could definitely see why polite walking on leash would be important to you. Um, Honestly, loose leash walking is pretty much the holy grail in the dog training world. It's really hard and some people judge you for that and make it seem like it should be easier. But I, in my experience, it's just a really challenging thing to do. Now, of course, I'm going to give you some trite information, some trite like advice, which is to say, make it more valuable to be near you than to be away from you. But in many cases with certain dogs, especially with adolescent dogs, that's easier said than done. So again, I'm going to echo some similar things that I said to Karen and find out what your dog finds valuable and have that with you. Squeaking a ball, bouncing a ball, tossing a ball near where you want the dog to be, and then encouraging your dog to drop the ball. You could even drop the ball right behind you to keep your dog where you want him. Um, And also figuring out what kind of foods your dog will take out in the wild. This might be surprising to you, actually. I was just testing some of these things with Pippin, my puppy, and he spit out chicken, like literally spit it out on the ground. And I was totally surprised and not expecting that. And so I need to come up with a plan B. um, And for us, it may need to be with a ball, but we've got to experiment. And you're going to need to do that also. 
your kids might be happy to help you try to investigate and figure out what the dog finds valuable. There are also some really fun training games. I include some of those inside my Thriving Parents membership, actually, and I've got some really good videos in there on some pattern games that were inspired by an amazing dog trainer named Leslie McDevitt, where we play games. And I think you and I, Ryan, played one of these um, on one of our dog training sessions. But there are a couple of games that we practice getting our dog to look at us. Um, We call that um, the up and down game. And then there's another game that I love a lot that that is called the one, two, three pattern game. Again, these are all um, games from Leslie McDevitt, who um, has inspired me so much in my training. But essentially what we want to do is we want to be predictable for our dog and we want to make sure that we reward our dogs within the zone of our body. I also like to give my dog lots of time to sniff and to enjoy the walk. And so for me, that looks like walking the dog on a long line a lot of the time where the dog gets to be a dog and sniff around. And then we do some work where we're close together and I reward the dog consistently at my side. And then I say, go sniff. And I let out the long line and I can stand around or we could run and play and really encourage my dog to just really get into those bushes and sniff and enjoy what we call the P-mail as they smell who's been in the neighborhood and what's been going on. So there really is a fine balance between training and rewarding your dog for being in that zone near you and then also letting the dog be a dog. Because if we're trying to control too much of where the dog is, the dog isn't really getting what it needs out of the walk, which is to enjoy the environment. So I know this is a really complicated question and it's really hard for me to answer briefly like this, Um, but feel free to reach out at any point. And of course, inside my membership, I've got tons of training games and videos that might help as well. Take care, Ryan, and I really do appreciate the call. Thank you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on iTunes or on the podcast app of your choice. If you're looking for ongoing support for your family with dogs, be sure to get on the waiting list for my Thriving Parents with Kids and Dogs membership at www.safekidsanddogs.com. And don't forget to follow Pooch Parenting on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening.